Welcome to the Denny Price Family YMCA podcast, where we tell the community story. Welcome to podcast number five. Another special guest, of course, is my daughter, Addie Schamberg Syndrome today. And Addie, we appreciate you coming up from Oklahoma City. Tell us what's going on with you right now. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is my first podcast, so I'm kind of excited. Wow, first podcast. First well, podcast. an old Wiley Ex- veteran like myself. You know, so. <laughs> it's exclusive with Addie right here. Exclusive, that's exactly right. So tell us what's going on. I know and a lot of your uh, friends and listeners of podcasts want to know kind of where you're at with your speaking, your book, all the fun things you have going on with uh, with youth and all. Tell us a little yeah. bit about what's going on. So my husband, Merritt, and I live in Oklahoma City now, and um, our church is Christ Family Church in South Oklahoma City. And we kind of tag team the youth in a way. Uh, I do it full time, but whenever he isn't teaching, we do it together and uh, we have a lot of fun. I didn't know that I wanted to be a youth pastor, but now I really love it and have a blast doing it. And so that's kind of what we do full time, what I'm working on and uh, everything like that. And then as far as other speaking engagements and things like that, I just kind of go wherever people invite me, uh, whoever wants to have me come speak to their group, the kids, students, adults, anything. Um, sometimes people will message me and say, Hey, you want to come speak at this event? So, um, I'm still doing that and love, love, love doing that. I would do it more often if I could. And as far as writing goes, I am, I have a book proposal and I am working through writing chapters. It is a slow uh, painstaking process. <laughs> um, but it's good. And I, I hope to someday either self-publish it or, um, have a contract with a publisher to be able to publish the book. Yeah. Writing a book is interesting because I keep telling myself, I want to write a book. <laughs> then I start and I get like three pages in and then I'm like, God, this is a lot more work than I thought it was. It is so much work. And I've always written for fun and enjoyed writing just like short essays, short stories type of thing, even um, some poetry. And, uh, but when you're wanting to write a book and. Well, it looks so easy when you read it. Yeah. looks so easy, but it's, it's not easy at all. And you write, you know, three paragraphs and then you'll take three sentences from those three paragraphs and start all over because only three sentences were good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because, you know, obviously in college and graduate school that I went to, we did, we wrote a lot, particularly yeah. in grad school. And you know, I had a 30 page paper and those kind of things. But 30 pages is really not even uh, half a book. No, nope. 30 pages is usually a chapter or two. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just a lot of information. You think that telling a story is going to be easy, but you forget that a book could be two, three, four, five hundred pages. Yeah. And it's just a lot more information than we're used to regurgitating out of our mind exactly, onto a piece of exactly. paper. And another part of that is it's not just information. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people write books that are strictly information, but for me, I'm writing information about my personal story, which is incredibly emotional and heartbreaking. So not only am I trying to get out all of this information, but I'm having to relive 
some of the most difficult parts of my journey. And so that takes an emotional toll. And so that coupled with writing and getting information out and making sure that it is good writing, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a, it's, it's a burden uh, of excitement plus a burden of the challenge of doing <clears throat> all yeah. the work too. So, yeah. well, I know when you started writing this and, uh, and your mom and I kind of, I don't know if we threw out ideas, but gave you some information on topics mm -hmm. and where to go and all the things that your mom wrote mm -hmm. during that process. That's stuff that's, I didn't realize there's gosh, just like 38 pages of notes or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. And we're excited when you get it finished, assuming that you actually get it finished. At some point, it'll yeah. be out there someday. I, uh, I would have already plowed through it, probably finished it. <laughs> it would have been very good. But, <laughs> it would have been done. It would have been done. That's all that matters. There's a deadline you've got to get, right? I'm more on the article instead of the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, speaking. I know that's something you have a real passion for. I know you've done FCAs and baccalaureates and different church groups and even in front of church on Sunday. And mm -hmm. tell us why you like to speak other than you're a big ham, other than that reason alone. So. <laughs> well, I think part of it started out when I was younger. I always liked being on stage entertaining. I always had something to say. Um, Just like your mother. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of that from her. Um, but I always found, found it really fun to be in front of people and try to get a reaction out of them and, and entertain them in some way. And I mean, I even was in little plays and stuff like that. And I've always thought that was really cool. And I always found, I, I think it's totally a gift from God, but being on stage for me is comfortable. Um, I, I enjoy it and I find some comfort in being on stage even more than I do one-on-one -on -one with people sometimes. And so I think that's just a strength that God has given me. And so because I find comfort in it and it's something that I enjoy, then it's naturally become something that I have pursued. And so as I have grown in my faith and God has continued to refine me, he has been showing me the things that he wants me to share on stage, which might be my testimony or scripture that is speaking to me about a specific topic or a specific Bible story. And through my journey and seeing God's faithfulness and falling more and more in love with him, I want to share more about him and because I desire that coupled with my strength of being able to speak on stage, it just comes naturally that yeah. that's what I end up sharing about. Well, tell me a little bit about this adoption process, but let's go back to speaking real quick. So I think what you're telling me and us is that God doesn't ask you what to speak, what you want to speak about. He's telling you what to speak about, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think about, I mean, just this last Sunday, I I briefly went on stage to share scripture and pray. And uh, the Lord convicted me right before I got on stage to share about something that I had struggled with that past week. And naturally I don't want to have to share about the things that I'm struggling with or like the sin that I'm dealing with or anything oh, like that's that. Not any fun. That's not the fun part. Um, but it was like, Hey, you need to share this with people so that everybody can see they're also not in this alone. So yeah, it's not so much about what I want to talk about, but about what the Lord wants to talk about. Yeah. I can remember many times that I've spoke to lots of different groups 
and I'll take a, I'm, I'm more of a cliff note guy where you're probably more of a write the whole thing out. Thing. I have a pretty solid outline. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Solid outline where I'm like a couple of bullet points. <laughs> um, but it's funny because when I get up there sometimes and I realize, Eesh, this is not really the direction mm -hmm. that I wanted to go or need to go. So I just kind of scratch the bullets out and move on. So exactly. that's yeah. why I don't waste my time writing all of it down. <laughs> I just, I'm, yes. a, I'm uh, supposedly led by the spirit, which yeah. is really just me making it up as I go. So, <laughs> well, and even, uh, I mean, talking about that, just like, um, with writing, when I started really digging in and writing my book, I remember telling, I think you definitely merit, but I was like, I would not have chose chosen to write my book about struggling. Like this is not a fun topic to talk about. And I remember Merritt saying, well, yeah, of course you wouldn't have chosen it, but the Lord wants you to write about it. And I was like, oh, you're right. This, oh, yeah. this definitely would have been my topic of choice. Um, but it's the story God has given me. So, Well, we're really excited about the adoption process. Um, we don't know exactly what that means or where this goes, but tell us a little bit about kind of what you and Merritt have done in the last Gosh, what is it? Two months or so? And About two months. Feels yeah. like a little bit longer the, sometimes. Well, you're, you're not very patient. You're like me. So, <laughs> so uh, Merritt and I have decided that we're ready to start growing our family. And with that comes the conversation of fertility, being able to have biological children. And as of right now, that is just not something that we're able to do at some point down the line, the Lord might do a miracle, but as of right now, that's not our story. And so I remember I've kind of just been waiting on merit to say when he was ready, cause I've been ready. Patience. And, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I remember a week before we officially started the process, he came to me and he was like, you know, I think it's time that we start our family. And I was really excited. And I was like, really, why do you say that? What's changed your mind? And he said, well, everybody keeps telling me that I'll never be ready to be a dad. So if I'm never going to be ready, why don't we just go ahead and start? Yeah. Why waste any time? <laughs> and so I was like, perfect. That works for me. Um, so we kind of uh, started asking people who we have known to adopt or know people who have adopted and just started having conversations because there are so many different routes that you can take. And we wanted to find the best route for our family at this time. And uh, some friends of ours, family friends from church, and we reconnected with them and they kind of told us their, how they went about it, what agency they went through and what their process was like. And we just felt like that was our best, what was for best for our family. Mm -hmm. And so we started. So the last several months, we have signed a contract with an agency and started the home study portion, which for those of you who aren't in the adoption world or have known anybody, it is a grueling process of paperwork. Uh, the home study wants to know every little tiny detail about your life. And so I was filling out paperwork for hours at a time, um, giving every little detail about family and finances and all of it. And so we finally, we got that turned in. We did all of our background checks and um, we've had our home study visit. And now we're just waiting on our home study report to come back so that we can officially go active and start looking at 
mom and baby profiles. Yeah, possible possibilities. Yeah. Well, there was a nasty rumor that the uh, lady that came and visited your house thought your mom and I were really boring <laughs> because we go to bed at 10 o'clock. Yes, because there was no family drama. Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's good. Yeah, we're I would boring. rather be boring. Yeah, that's not all bad, I guess. So, well, how about... Um, what what do you what do you like to do other than speak and talk? I know that kind of sounds funny, but you, we we even ate lunch a little while ago, and you talked about hobbies and what mm. do you enjoy, and are, are there some things that maybe you haven't tried yet that that are like, wow, I, I need to try that. Get a little uncomfortable being uncomfortable here. Tell us, yeah, tell us what you're thinking. Um, sure. So, I mean, I like to read. That's just one of my pastimes. Of course, as a speaker and a writer, I like to read. Um, but actually something that I was talking to my counselor about today was hobbies for myself and things that I can do that don't necessarily have an end goal other than just feeling good. And one thing I think is, uh, pickleball. I would really love to be playing pickleball with Merritt. Do you know where pickleball came from? How they got the name pickleball? No, I don't. It's a dog named Pickle. How about that? A dog named Pickle? A dog named Pickle. The guy that invented Pickleball had a dog named Pickle. And so, <laughs> so there's obviously more said. to the story than that, but that's kind of where it originated from. So No, I did not know that. That's really interesting. And I love dogs, so that's perfect. There you go. You got two. Actually had three at one time, and and now you're down to two. <laughs> yes. Um. So being active, doing doing things that are not just working my mind, but working my body and being active and things like that. Um, dancing. I've always really loved to dance and I am always ready to dance at the wedding. Um, I've noticed that any wedding, I'll be the first on the dance floor. And so I was talking to my counselor. She was like, you need to find a dance class and just do it. Just do it for fun. And, uh, I'm sure there are other things, but I think that's something that's interesting is that I have not, taken intentional time to think about things that I would enjoy outside of being a productive human. Um, I think my personality, I, if I'm doing something, then there needs to be an end goal and it needs to serve someone or have some sort of, uh, finish line. And I haven't thought about the things that I could just do for fun in my life that don't have to have a finish line, that don't have to have an end goal. And I think that's something that I'm going to start working through now. Is well, figuring pickleball out. does have a score at the end. Well, that's, yes, it does have a score at the I end. I guess you could just keep playing. But forward. knowing Merritt, he'll probably beat me every time. So well, I've I just seen you don't play have pickleball, to. <laughs> there's, it's highly likely that you may not beat him in pickleball, but there is doubles. Yes. You got to pick a better partner, which remember when you and I played against Merritt and I think your mother. I think it was. Uh, mom. We, we beat him uh, handily quite often <laughs> and Merritt got frustrated because he's competitive like I am. Super competitive. Yeah. that's And that's a good thing. Not that he got frustrated, but that, that he's competitive. But yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what Merritt's doing right now. He's kind of moved to a couple of different positions in school and doing mm -hmm. some neat things at Newcastle High School. So tell us about him a little bit. Yeah. So he's at the middle school. He, oh, middle uh, school, yeah. he teaches sixth grade and he used to be a PE teacher, but moving to Newcastle, they needed him in a different position. And so he is teaching sixth grade science and social studies. Which middle is school. That's really not just middle sixth grade specifically, uh, but he actually loves it because he feels like he can connect with the kids yeah. and 
Well, uh, we're not very mature, so we fit right in. <laughs> exactly. School. He's a big kid. He's a big kid. So he really likes that. And then he's coaching cross country, which he loves. Which is his um, passion for sure. Yeah. Definitely his passion and a gift from God. And he's also coaching eighth grade girls basketball right now. So that's Ooh, what he's got going on. Eighth grade girls basketball. That's another uh, <laughs> notch on my belt that I probably will never You will reach. never. That That's where you and Merritt are different. That's not your cup of tea. You know, I think I could actually do it, but I would have to probably be a little more compassionate towards the emotional side of, uh, yeah. of people. And <laughs> that's probably not my strength. No. no. Um, but that didn't mean I couldn't do it. It'd just be, I'd have to, um, it would be a stretching process. It would be, you. I'd have to be uncomfortable, uh, well, get comfortable being uncomfortable, which I say a lot. It'd definitely be something I'd have to work on. So, um, <clears throat> one of my many flaws is, uh, is patience <laughs> and things like that. And, and emotions, I don't base a lot of my decisions on emotions no. or express emotions. Or, I, I'm better at that now. <laughs> better. Better at that now. So, all right. Well, Several years ago, it seems like forever ago, mm. um, your senior year, mm -hmm. you were diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember your mom being over breast cancer. Yeah. And then magically, you were next. <laughs> yep. So tell us a and little bit about- And a cancer we've never, ever heard about. Yeah. It's like, who's Hodgkin? <laughs> yes. You know, who is that person? Not somebody that we yeah. really cared too much about, but it's been you know, seven years. I know it, it really seems like it was forever ago, mm -hmm. and and uh, it didn't seem like it when we were going through it, which was kind of a three years. That sound about right process of the initial through everything that we went through. And I say we like I was going through it, but I kind of <laughs> was. It was about three years, wasn't it? Does that sound about right? I'm like treatments and well, stuff. Well, I'm talking about from. The initial, hey, I've got a lump in my neck, mm -hmm. to the very end of ringing the bell and getting home. Wasn't that about three years? It was one year. What? No. Yeah. No, because you felt the lump in high school. Yeah, senior year of high but school. But you were going through uh, cancer stuff in college. Yeah, freshman year of college. Well, maybe it seemed like three years. <laughs> so I've really messed up your story. So let me tell, let me let you tell your story. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> I was uh, diagnosed March 10th of 2014 and declared in remission March 12th of 2015. So it was a year and two I days. I'm going to have to check the, <laughs> check the numbers on that. But why did it seem like it was so long? I don't know. Probably the emotional after. And I still, well, I'll just go back and tell my story. Yeah, let's just start. From so here. senior year of high school, I accidentally felt a lump on my neck, which was uh, probably I would say the Lord, like helping me find that. I just randomly felt my neck and felt a lump. And I thought, well, that is really strange. And we have a history of cancer in our family and I know that lumps aren't good. And so the next day I immediately told you guys, and we went to the urgent care and they said, it's probably infected lymph nodes. It's not uncommon. Which is normal for high school yeah, girls. Yeah, normal for your age. No big deal. Here's some antibiotic. And if it's not gone by the end of the antibiotic, then go see your family doctor. And it was not gone. And so we went and saw our family doctor. And she, I'm so, so thankful because she immediately took it seriously and got the test done that needed to get done. And had scans, had blood work, which was the first time I've ever had blood work done. 
You're not very tough, by the way. So. No, I've never broken a bone. Yeah. So it was like, you have to take blood from me. <laughs> well, it's hard to get hurt when you read books all the time. Unless you get a paper cut. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I was really scared of doing all of that. And um, within oh, maybe a week's time, she said that one of the likelihoods was Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I remember you guys sitting down in the uh, like family room and mom was telling me all the possibilities. And she said, and you might have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And she was tearing up and I was like, okay, what's Hodgkin's lymphoma? And she was all worried. And I think you were all worried. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Well, I pretended that I wasn't worried. But... <laughs> um, so, but it's a form of cancer in the lymph nodes. And so had biopsy done. And this is really all in like a month's time. It all happened really quickly. And sure enough. And I thought it was three years. And you thought it was three years. I, I understand why it felt that way. Um, but sure enough, I had stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, I started treatment here in Enid. And I was told that the treatment in Hodgkin's lymphoma has like a 70 to 80% cure rate. And then I would be done by the time college came around. So graduated bald, not what an 18 year old girl wants to have to do, but yeah, but you were cute bald. <laughs> I hope so. I graduated bald, um, went ahead and enrolled in Northern Oklahoma college here in Enid and had plans to, I'd be done with chemo and I would go to college and it would be normal. But at the end of my chemo treatment in July and I had another scan done and they told us, the cancer is not going down. Like it is not um, reacting to this treatment. And so we were then sent to MD Anderson in Houston, Texas. It actually increased a little bit. I didn't know if you were about it that. It increased at one point, but yeah. I can't remember even what point. Well, it was a three-year period. So it was a three-year period. So our timeline gets a little muddy. Yeah. Um, so we got there, um, started seeing a lymphoma doctor specifically, and he got us on another chemo regimen that was supposed to wipe it out. And I went to college and then would travel back and forth to MD Anderson, I think every two or three weeks for a couple of months. And by the end of that, the cancer was supposed to be gone and it still was not gone. And I remember that by that point, the doctors had no answers. I remember they didn't know what to say or what to do. And so from there, it was just kind of I felt like they were throwing all different types of treatments at me to just find something that would cause the well, cancer. They were to talking go down. about trial studies. Trial and, studies. When you hear trial studies, that's not usually a real good sign. No, because that means there's nothing currently out there. Yeah. <laughs> and so guessing, I, you know. I went on a trial study. Um, I don't remember what it was. And so for the next couple of months through Christmas, I was taking chemo treatments, antibody treatments. Just they were trying anything to get the cancer mass down. And so finally in January, it shrunk some. And so they immediately, as soon as they saw that it had shrunk, they wanted to get me into a stem cell transplant. And so at the end of January, I went to MD Anderson, checked into the hospital, and I was in the hospital for a month while I received a stem cell transplant, which can vary depending on the person. But for me, it was, um, I think, 10 days of chemo, a day of rest, and then they gave me my own stem cells back. I didn't have to have someone else's stem cells. And then I was in the hospital for a few weeks after that while my body rebooted and mm -hmm. they make, could make sure that I was doing okay. Um, 
once I got out of the hospital, mom and I had to stay in Houston. Several weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, got out of the hospital at the end of February. We were staying in Houston because I had to continue to have blood work done. They had to give me shots to help my immune system, just all of that stuff. And um, then in March, I was told that I was cancer-free. And so since I was cancer-free, they put me um, in radiation just to make sure that everything was gone, kind of I a preventative measure. That's where you got the funky mask. Yes, the like scary waffle-looking mask, um, which I loved my radiation team. I actually enjoyed going to radiation because they were awesome. So did that. I think I had 20 radiation um, treatments. And then in April, I was able to come back home. April 25th, I believe. See, it was longer than a year. Well, okay. Kind of. Kind of. I remember, I think it was either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day we drove home. Yes. We drove home on Christmas Eve. And I think we got home really, really late at yeah, night. Maybe late. like midnight. And we did Christmas dinner at a convenience store. I think I ate a <laughs> ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> and some chips because it's the only thing open. Yeah. It was late. And yeah. We didn't even get to enjoy uh, a normal Christmas Eve. I didn't eat anything because I so, was sick. No, you probably didn't eat anything. Of course, you weighed like 45 pounds or yeah, whatever. I dropped down so. to 92 pounds. Yeah, I remember that. 92 pounds. Now you've uh, increased that. What do you weigh now? 112? <laughs> 115? That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to feed you a little bit more. You <laughs> so many salads at lunch. So, well, it's, it's a great story. We're looking forward to the invite back, if you will, yeah. on when this baby yes. shows up. Is this going to be delivery like a, a store comes and drops it <laughs> yeah, off? Yeah, that's your, all it is. Super your, simple. At your house, you know, knocks on the door and there's a baby. In the <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow, cool. I think that's how adoptions work. So it's uh, it's going to be an exciting time to see where all this goes. Um, I'm not sure exactly. You know, we're excited, but we don't know what we're excited about, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. How do we get excited about something that we don't even know has been conceived yet? Yeah. But it is it is going to be fun, and hopefully, your thirty day, um, what what is she doing? Summary of your yeah in house home study report. home study report. Yeah, sounds like something like CIA's report, or something like that. <laughs> Felt like we'll, that. We'll go as good as we know it will, and and we're excited about that journey to continue. So, anything else to add to um, plugs for books, speaking engagements, anything like that you want to add to this? Hey, I am open to speak anywhere. So anybody out there, if you have a group that you want me to come and speak at, I would love to. Um, you can reach out to me like on social media or through my dad. That works too. And um, yeah, I would love, I would love to come and share my story. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you. We'll wrap this thing up. So have a good day and we appreciate you listening. Thank you.